Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Three Crosses podcast. I am loving our Rooted series, where we explore how being rooted in Christ produces Christ-likeness in us. And this week, we're going to talk about how being rooted in Christ produces faithfulness. I invited Chris Rodriguez, who helps lead our Praxis College ministry alongside. And Chris has been a friend of mine for more than a decade. And in that 10-year span, I've really seen Chris lean into really diverse contexts and how his education and his job training and his family life has produced in him this faithfulness and passion to pursue Christ. And I knew that our listeners would love to hear from him and love to learn what he's doing both here in our church and our college ministry and how Christ is producing faithfulness in his life. After hearing Chris talk a little bit about how God has led him, you are going to be inspired by his creativity, his sensitivity to the Spirit, and hopefully you'll learn about a couple of steps that you can take to support him as he leads our college students. Let's take a listen. Chris, I'm so excited that you were able to sit down with me and talk about God's faithfulness in your life. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. All right. You're smiling because you're excited. Nobody can see you but me. Yes. Uh, but for those of us that don't know you, Chris, and uh, maybe haven't had the opportunity to meet you in person, why don't you tell us in a nutshell what you do here at the church and what you're involved in? All right. Well, my name is Chris Rodriguez. And uh, for the past year and a half, I've been leading Praxis, our college ministry. Uh, we meet on Sunday nights. And um, I don't know, it's it's a it's a it's a funny situation because when it when the when the opportunity came up they said hey you should um we need somebody to step in here you know you can try it out for three months and um and if you don't like it you can walk away and you know i always say i've been trying it out for a year and a half you know um <laughs> you could still walk away at literally any moment any, any moment yeah yeah basically <laughs> no but obviously i i love it it's been it's been a pleasure just working with um, working with the college students and college age students. Uh, practice means practical, right? Or to practice or to practice. So, um, so I try to equip my students with practical ways to uh, to follow Christ in our everyday lives. Um, we have food, we have fellowship, we hear the gospel, um, and then a lot of a lot of what I do is just kind of grabbing coffee with uh, with my students throughout the week. Um, post up a lot in, in Cafe Four because that's where college students go. That's um, right. Yeah. Even old college students like Even me. Even old college down students there like you. Myself. And so if you're college age and you see me down there, say, hey, Chris, buy me a cup of coffee because that's what I do. <laughs> Let me check my schedule. I think we could do that <laughs> okay. after we're done recording here. Or if you're not college age, you come up to me and say, hey, Chris, buy me a cup of coffee. Uh, you do th- more things than working at the church. This isn't your full-time deal. What else I are you involved do. in around the Bay? Uh, well, I do uh, corporate dance and fitness. So I go into uh, tech companies down in the South Bay. I go into uh, Stanford uh, University, and I actually teach uh, group fitness classes and dance classes, uh, mainly around engineers and, uh, and researchers all day. And it's, and it's a really cool situation because it's a obviously a very unchurched uh, environment and it's a way for me to um, be light out in this um, out in the secular arena um, and and I love doing both I've always felt called to the church and called to the world equally and I know that's that kind of sounds weird to some people but I always knew whatever I'm doing you know I want to be a part of what's going on in the church I believe that 
church attendance and fellowship with the church community is is an essential part of Christianity. But I also believe that the the healed don't need a physician, uh, the sick do. And so I like to keep my skills up that are that are not uh, that are that would people would call uh, secular. I like to keep those up so I have a way to just uh, influence people in secular arenas. So dance and, and fitness is, is one of those ways. Yeah. One of the things I love about our relationship, like yours and mine together, is that we've known each other for a long time. Yes. I can't really think of people with much more different interests. Yes. Like nobody has ever confused me for a dance and fitness instructor. <laughs> That's for sure. But like the heart that we share for the gospel and working alongside uh, is amazing and refreshing. Man. And so yeah. how long has it been since we've known each other? Like 12 years? Yeah. Something it's, like that? It's been crazy. I met Tara when she was pregnant with your firstborn. Um, this little lady working with international students and she'd bring me in to uh, teach dance lessons to the international student. And then <laughs> like, there's there's somebody out there that, you know, that 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 married you. I've never met this guy. And then we started um, we started working together in student leadership at um, at our university. And um, and after school is when we really like got to know each other, started yeah. serving at the same church together. And it's just been it was just really cool to um to be at home with your kids when your uh, when your youngest was born and in, uh, in, in the hospital. And, yeah, I thought yeah. who is responsible enough to watch my kids? Molly right. is. Yes, maybe she can bring Chris because she's a nurse. That's right, and she she <laughs> takes care of me. She makes sure. That's stay in line, right? Yeah. And of course, I'm referring to your wife, Molly. And for listeners that aren't like in tune with my own story, you know, we lived in Tulsa for a long time. And that's where we met you guys is in Oklahoma at our college. But you aren't originally from Oklahoma. You are from even further east. Yes. I'm from um, the holy land of New Jersey. New Jersey, a.k.a. New York City South. Right? Yes. Yeah. And when people meet me, they're like, oh, you're from, you're from New York, right? Because that's what you say when you meet somebody from the East Coast doesn't matter where they're from so yeah grew up in uh in actually inner city new jersey um really uh rough area but my uh, my mom always made us go to church and i hated church hated it so much i hated having to dress up and and everything but what i didn't realize was my mom was doing some things and and helping to form me my dad wasn't around as a kid and and these men at church really um really cared about me, loved me, took me in under their wing. And um, there was a lot of negativity in my neighborhood. There were a lot of, um, you know, drug dealing and um, and 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 gangsters were, were in my neighborhood. Those were the guys that I always saw. And that was who you looked up to uh, in my neighborhood. But I began to see young men who loved their wives and their and their kids and and they were cool and and they loved the Lord and they they would pray and they would and they would cry, and I'm like, "Wow, these are the guys that I that I want to be like." And it and it really changed the trajectory of my life. Yeah. And so at that time, what was it that kind of hooked you into church? That you really first felt like this is an area where I can use my skills, and I really want to unleash this for the kingdom. Man, honestly, um, the the things that I'm doing today are the are the things that actually God used to help me find my place in the church. Um, since I was 12, uh, 12 years old, I was I was doing music and and I loved dance and I was in a little group and we were making choreography and doing music lessons and all of these things. And um, and it was helping to shape me 
uh, as a just with discipline. And what I didn't realize was that God was using that um, to to help me uh, to see him. Yeah. And so I started having opportunities. You know, I had to go to church and they found out that I danced. So I was going to my youth group and they said, hey, let's um, let's have you, you know, dance and, and do some of what you do as a hip hop dancer. Uh, me and my cousin and they just had us uh, do this stuff at the youth group. And that was my outlet. So now on the weekends, I'm not going out to I'm not going out to parties. I'm not getting caught up in things. I'm actually at church and I'm excited to be there because they're letting me use my gifts. Yeah. Did you think that you were going to be a professional dancer that like hip hop was going to be a part of who you were or when you went to college said, is that something that you pursued on a more professional kind of serious basis, so to speak, or? Yeah. So it was always a part of my life. You know, when I went to college, my major that I was going to declare myself as was pre-physical therapy. And then they told me about all the sciences. Uh, he said, yeah, you should know how to do that. And I was like, okay, that's not my calling, you know? <laughs> God hasn't called you to memorize the kinesiology list. Yes, exactly, exactly. But who knows, you know? Uh, no, but uh, dance had always been a part of what I was doing, but I went ahead and I studied music. I studied church music because um, whenever I would visit churches or whenever I would visit, uh, um, go on mission trips or things like that, they needed worship leaders. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll just have this thing that I can just serve at a church, not be on staff anywhere. Just like, hey, you got a guy in your congregation that, that, can, that can do music and that can help you out. But the dance piece was always there. So while I was in college, I actually was teaching, I was actually teaching dance part-time, going to school. I didn't see it becoming more, more than just that. I was like, hey, I'm just gonna hang on to this thing because, because I enjoy it. But I knew music, and dance didn't pay the bills. That's what my dad told me anyway. Yeah. You don't want to be like a starving artist. Not yeah. that I ever considered being a musician. No, but, but you were considering being a dancer and he totally said, <laughs> hey, Buzz. Everything know. we say on the podcast is true, except for that thing that you just said. <laughs> but I mean, I'm just kind of hitting at the idea that music and dance aren't always seen as the so-called practical skills. No. Like you should get like a business degree or you should do accounting. Yeah. And so you're trying to do that. You're trying to apprentice yourself yet you still have this passion for music and dance. And so oh then goodness, how did you yeah. see your career going then after you went and graduated with this degree in music? What were your, kind of your envisioned next steps? So while I was, while I was in school, to pay for school, um, I started working, um, working at Panera. Uh, I was there for a few years. That's Panera Bread. Panera Bread. Back when bread was cool, right? Man, I love it. I love it. So I was I was working, I was working there for um, for a few years. And actually, the reason I got a job there was because my advisor said, if you really love ministry and you really love music, you should learn business because the ministry is hard, music is hard. You don't make money. You need to learn sales. You need to learn business. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get a job. I need to make money, sure. and I need to learn sales and and business and all these things, I need to get these um, some of these hard skills. Um, so I just thought, you know, I'm gonna do all, do. I'm gonna do this stuff, I'm gonna go down this road um, and I'll have like dance is something that I just do because, because I enjoy it. But the problem was I didn't like 
working at Panera. Man. <laughs> My surprise level is like zero to hear you say that you didn't love like an entry level job in food service because food service is tough, right? And so Man. I know we might have listeners in food service. I don't mean to demean that industry, but it's tough and like people are demanding and stuff has mm-hmm. to be done on time and there's a lot of rules and shifts are tough and most people are in school or working. And I would say that if you want to learn how to love Jesus and love people, go work at a restaurant. You want to learn patience. You want to learn these fruits of the spirit. You go work at a restaurant and let the Sunday morning crowd tell you off because you burnt their bagel. You know, Um, these people that just left church, man, teaches you something, teaches you a little, a little bit about love and and patience and all of those things. Yeah. So you went to Panera to learn business skills and Mm -hmm. you find yourself learning personal skills, life Mm -hmm. skills. Oh my goodness. As well as business skills? Or? As well. So um, so just just being there, I ended up going through going through management and um, and helping run run a store, helping train managers. I actually um, went through the um, went through this process where I was leading the orientations for all the new hires in our in our franchise and and I was learning, yes, those those hard like business like skills, but I'm managing people and I'm yeah. dealing with difficult customers and I'm dealing with wonderful customers as well. Like Absolutely. it's it's both it's both and I'm and I'm building these relationships and and I'm having to do things hard things and some days I woke up and I'm dreading it. Other days I'm surprised by interaction that I have like man this is just a you're just a beautiful person and you're the reason why I get up <laughs> and and have a a little ounce of joy. Um, but there was this, but there still was this feeling of, you know, I don't want to make bagels for the rest of my life. Is this, is this what you've, you've, you've called me to do God? Is this how I'm going to change the world? Is this how I'm going to pursue you and, and all this stuff? And there was, there was this tension there. There was just this, this feeling of, I know I need to be here right now, but I know that there's something more and I'm just a little confused with what you have for me, God. Yeah, I've heard, I think that's where a lot of people find themselves Mm -hmm. these days is in a spot that they're grateful for, yet wanting something else at the end of the road. Mm -hmm. So did you ever feel like quitting? Just did you ever get close to hanging it up? You know, every Sunday I... um, I would lead worship at our church. Um, and then every Sunday night, the only way I can get Sunday mornings off was to work Sunday evenings. So every Sunday after church, I'd pack up all the music stuff and all of the families at our church would uh, would go out for lunch afterwards. Like, hey, you guys coming? No, I can't. I got to go to work. And, 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 and it, just, it just irritated me so much that I couldn't fellowship with my... Um, with my church family. Um, there were other times where I just had managers that were just, oh, you are you are just so nice. And when I say nice, I actually don't mean nice. I mean mean and horrible. <laughs> the opposite of nice. You are the thorn that Paul talks about, right? Um, and just some of those interactions that I'm just like, man, like, I don't need this. I don't, I don't need to do this. Why am I here? 
this isn't fulfilling. Yeah. Looking back, why do you think God had you there for that time? You know, I think I think it's I think it's two parts. I think I think one is when I look back and then I see where I'm at today, all the skills, everything that I hated to do there have given me these hard skills um, for my life. And I think there's this kind of revolving door that happens. I think sometimes, um, sometimes when we talk about faithfulness, we forget the faith piece and we forget that that being faithful to something actually has given us the stamina to have faith over time. Um, had I given up so quick, I wouldn't have had those hard, um, those hard and grain uh, skills and, and the um, emotional stamina and spiritual stamina to have faith yeah. in difficulty. So I love what you said. I don't want our listeners to miss this, that having faithfulness gives you that endurance so that you can continue to have faith. So in other words, it wasn't a skill that you learned or a training program that you went through, just the act of doing a difficult thing for years Mm -hmm. because it was the right thing to do. That's what you took away Mm -hmm. from Panera. Mm -hmm. And then everything changed. Everything was perfect. You got an amazing job, except you didn't. You went into a new context that was hard to do. Yes. So I ended up leaving Panera and taking the the hard skills and actually going into the banking industry. So I was a personal banker for for the next few years. And man, it was, it was a challenge. It was a real challenge. And it was this, it was this thing of like, you know, I'm making, now I'm making more money, you know, I'm, it's, it's, it's kind of nice to, to make money. It's kind of nice to not work on a Sunday and, and it's kind of nice to, you know, have to dress up for work and everything. But there was still a piece of me that just wasn't fulfilled. Um, and it was difficult. You know, you think about, you know, you mess up somebody's food. Mm-hmm. It's like, they'll get mad at you. You mess up someone's money, oh, they'll get really <laughs> mad at you. Yeah. Um, so a lot of a lot of my job throughout the days were um, were just kind of dealing with um, dealing with difficult people. You overdrafted my account, and and you did this, and and you did that, and I was the you know I was the the face of um, in a lot of ways of their of their problems. Yeah. I think about that like in airlines, somebody loses your bag and then you go into the airport and you go to the lost luggage department and it's like, you lost my bag. Yeah. And they're like, no, nah, man, I've been in this office all day. Somebody else lost your bag, but now I've got to get yelled at. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's what you're talking about with banking. Like man. there was some other problem that somebody else created and you've got to solve it. Mm-hmm. So you're reaping what you didn't sow. In other words, mm-hmm. inheriting problems you didn't create. Yeah. And um, getting beat down like that you know, just for, for all the listeners that are that are in some kind of customer service um, industry, man, it just it just wears on you. It's it's easy to become uh, cynical, to just become bitter. Um, 
to to take the um, the stress and the weight and the emotions of of what's happening there home with you. You know, I'm married now, so I go home, um, and I just am not nice. Um, I'm not a pleasant person to be around because I'm so so grumpy. I'm taking this I'm taking this stuff home with me, um, and it, and it was really really a challenge. Yeah. Nobody recalls the customer service line to be like, hey, man, you did a great job. Mm-hmm. Just want to let you know. Mm-hmm. Keep it up. You know, mm-hmm. they only call the service line when they're angry. Oh, yeah. I actually had a friend one time, and he he was grown. He was an adult, but he loved McDonald's. And he called McDonald's customer service line. And it's just like, hey, just want to tell you, you're doing a great job. And so they sent okay. him, like, all this pile of coupons and, like, free food and Monopoly game tickets. And I was like, oh, this is great. So I started calling every company that I liked. And was like, hey, just want to tell you, you're doing a great job. And nobody ever sent me anything. Patagonia, free. we still waiting on them, right? I didn't call them. That was before my my loyalty to, to Patagonia. But um, maybe I should call them. Yeah. Maybe I should let them know. <laughs> I don't know. And obviously, this is like a little bit of a joke, but there might be some encouragement there for a listener that if somebody is being faithful in your life and they're helping you out and they're producing something that's good in you, like speak that word of encouragement, mm-hmm. you know, customer service line, or is there a, a teacher is there a parent is there a friend is there a mentor that is kind of weary and doing well and only hears about your problems can you breathe some wind into their sails through that word of encouragement i would even go even further to say like so being in the being in the food uh industry and then um just you know i look at people who serve us at at, at restaurants um a lot of times after sunday we go to church and Anybody who is a non-Christian or Christian that works at a restaurant or any type of service industry, they will tell you that Sunday is the worst day of the week for them because you got these big church crowds that come in, they come in with their families and they're not generous, they're not kind, they're not gracious, and it actually turns people off from the church. We should be so different. So what I what I like to do when I go out on Sundays is 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 be as kind as possible to my servers and tip them well. Yeah. Um, so that they have this, 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 um, so that the church has this reputation. Hey, us Christians, we're actually known for our kindness. Yeah. I think that it is a shame. You're telling me the truth, right, about the perception in the industry, and it should be the other way around. You know, but I've heard too many stories, like you're saying, somebody would write a Bible verse in the tip line and tip like 10%. Oh, especially you know? where we went to. You know, we were down the street from some of the biggest Bible colleges and um, in the country. And, you know, so people, the tips they would leave is like, hey, you need Jesus. That's your tip. That's yeah. my tip for you. Yeah, it's better than any money, yeah. which it is. But when it comes instead of money, somebody feels robbed, you know. And I think sometimes about our stereotype of a church parking lot, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't get the pleasure of leaving right after service, but it's busy and, you know, are you cutting people off? Are you mad? Are you pushing your way in line? Or is it a grace-filled parking lot? Sometimes we don't put our money where our mouth is in terms of our behavior. And I feel like that's a long-term faithfulness type of an issue. Like sometimes we want things quicker. You know, I've had my kids up and dragged them out all day. We really need some food. And so I'm stressed, but then it trickles out onto the people that we're um, coming into contact with. I, you know, it kind of reminds me of this, of this theme. You know, when somebody, 
when somebody is unkind, when somebody is um, is just kind of snappy, and it's like, whoa, this seems like it's it's coming at me, and I'm getting getting the the brunt of this thing. That kind of that might have something to do with me, but maybe doesn't. I think um, it's sometimes it's a it's an identifier of a of something a discontentment inside of ourselves. Yeah, um, I see that in in that area, but I also see that in in sometimes when we are the person that is in our job or doing what we're what we know we should be doing or um, in our roles, and we're so. Uh, discontent with our situation that we start taking it out on the people around us so we can say hey i'm being faithful in this in this thing i'm here but we're here and we're miserable and we're grumpy and and then we go home and we're miserable and we're grumpy and it's like are you really being faithful am i really being faithful yeah that's a good word man like if church makes you more angry what have you really gained man you know, John Ortberg, one of my favorite authors, he wrote in his book one time, um, the book uh, is entitled The Life You've Always Wanted about spiritual disciplines. And he says, some of you who are reading this book to become more spiritual, the most spiritual thing you could do is put it down and take a nap. You know, mm. And I read that as like a 19 year old kid. And I thought, that's stupid. You got to work hard. You got to get in yeah. there. And then now I here I am, you know, in my mid 30s. And I think to myself, like, yeah, being rested makes me more spiritual, makes me more patient, makes me more faithful. And so it's not just about exerting the maximum effort or doing the maximum things. It's about cultivating the act of the spirit in our own lives to listen where he leads. So, yeah. So it reminds me of a quote that I love from St. Augustine in Confessions. And um, because sometimes I think we just we just run ourselves rampant and we like, man, I'm just tired and I just need to sleep. I think especially here in the Bay, like we are in a busy area. It is hopping. Everybody's hustling everybody is is going 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 um trying to make something of ourselves and so sometimes we we um we 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 misconceive that 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 tiredness and sleep is um and going to sleep and just falling asleep and going hard until you're until you're tired we we mistake that for like true rest so saint augustine says we are made for you and our hearts are restless until we find rest in you. And I love that. I think this 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 has been kind of rocking me a little bit a little bit this week of just we're so discontent trying to hustle to be somebody, to do something, to have the next thing, to yeah. do the best of our job. We're, we're at one job and it's like, oh, I'm happy here. I'm just going to move on to the next one. Oh, I'm unhappy. I'm going to move on to the next one. Yeah. It's because our, our, our rest and true joy comes from us belonging to God. And our hearts are always going to be restless until we find rest in God. It doesn't matter what we're doing um, with our life, what our what our job is, the vocation itself, the the occupation itself doesn't matter as much as the rest that we find in knowing that we belong to God, and it helps us to be gracious. And that that idea helps us to have a different perspective and to be faithful in what we're doing. Yeah, 
I love what you're talking about, the restlessness of hopping from circumstance to circumstance. You know, some people, they don't get the opportunity to change careers and they're always going to be doing something with a tough manager and tough customers. Mm -hmm. And how can you find rest and faithfulness in the light of that? Mm -hmm. You're telling me that I've got to find it not in my career, but in my identity as belonging to Christ. Mm -hmm. And I'll always be restless until I find that true identity. Mm -hmm. I think it's so easy in America today to conflate um, career success and happiness with like true joy and true happiness. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to unpin one from the other. And so if you were going to talk to one of our listeners who says, I'm not fulfilled in my job, I want to quit, I don't know what's next, I don't want to be slinging bagels, as you put it, for my whole life, how would you encourage somebody to know when do they need to be faithful and lean in and endure and develop? And when is it time to move on? Man, that is such a tough tension to hold on to. That's why I asked you about it. Because yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Man, I remember, I remember every time. And I, I used to hate when the older people used to say it to me, like, you'll just know the heck does that mean you'll just know but in those moments you do but a good of a good evaluation um for just how do i stay faithful how do i do this well how do i struggle well in this circumstance is to ask ourselves from the perspective of learning one Am I getting everything that I'm supposed to be getting out of this job, out of this circumstance? Or or another way to say it is, um, am I learning what I need to be learning in this season? Yeah. Right? So am this, I fully present? Am I fully engaged? Man, am I paying yeah. attention to what God is trying to teach me? Regardless of whether I love my career or not, am I listening to God in the midst of this? Have I caught what you're saying? Oh yes, absolutely. And because where we're at in our lives, we I think sometimes we have this 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 misconception that, you know, oh, I'm gonna miss God by by being here and not being there. And we're so we're so looking forward to that next thing, the ideal version of ourselves, the ideal version of our job, the ideal next thing that we forget about right now and we forget about the seasons in our life and we forget that God has existed, that 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 our Christ is is then, he's he's future and he's right now. And that that we sit almost in the in the hands of Christ in this now and that that Christ has us right there right now. So we need to be grateful that Christ has us there right yeah. now and say, like, if you have me here right now, what are you trying to do in me? What character are you trying to build in me? Who are you trying to give me right now? I remember my last day at Panera um, where we have these partners that uh, that come and pick up the donations to to bring the different to different places um, at the end of the night. So all the breads and things that we don't that we don't use, and and she uh, one of our partners was an older lady, and uh, a few days earlier she said, "I let her know, hey, you know, this is going to be my last day," and she said, um, "Okay." 
I'll be there. Um, I'll be there for your last day. And she came and she gave me a note um, on my last day there. And she said, you have been so kind to me. You're one of the only managers that comes out, opens the door for me, helps me bring the donations out as, as closing's happening. She said, you know, I haven't been around a lot lately because my, uh, my son, he's mentally ill. And I actually had to put a restraining order on him because he's been abusive to me. Oh, man. And she said, you have been kind of a son for me. So thank you for caring for me. And you're just getting the door. I'm just getting the door. Who's God given us? Who is God given us in these moments when we're like, why the heck am I here? I can, as I look back and, you know, it's, we romanticize our stories as we, as we look back on them. Right. But when I was in it, I was like, oh my goodness, this is, yeah. this, this sucks. But like when we have that time and that distance, like I can tell you my customers' names. I can tell you the stories that they tell me. I can tell you the lessons that they've taught me. Um, and it's that, that, that perspective. So God has given us people right where we are. Um, he's doing some things in us. And also he's, with that stamina and that endurance, I think about, um, you know, I think about David from the Bible. Um, we know him as Christians and all around the world and any religion or non-religion, you know about David and Goliath, right? Yeah, we, that's the best Bible story that they're like the most famous one that there is man you know march madness oh it's a david and goliath situation and and all these things right everybody knows that as the most epic tale but we don't talk much about what got david to that david and goliath moment you see when he came up to king saul and and saul said what qualifies you to fight this giant he said you know when i was a shepherd i fought off a lion fought off a bear so I, I i got what it takes and and it's just kind of this reminder of be faithful to tend to your sheep be be faithful to do the the thing that is not um glamorous yeah because it's preparing you for your goliath and your goliaths those giants in your life it's giving you the strength it's giving you the faith to do those things yeah that's a good word sometimes i wonder if we'd be better at preparing as shepherds caring for our sheep if Mm. we looked at the impact it's having on the sheep a little bit more like Mm. jesus also used the shepherd analogy to talk about himself and he says the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep but we want to be shepherds who have skills so that one day we can be a goliath fighter so it's about us you know we don't care about the sheep that's not part of our mentality and it feels like, you know, as you're talking about how you see the lessons and you see the stories and you see the impact looking back, like when we're in it, it's kind of like, what is it for me? And what am I learning? And it feels very like, or it can often be, in other words, like very self-interested to think like, what am I learning? What am I getting? What am I developing? And if we looked out at our sheep, so to speak, or at the people that are in our life, so to speak, and we looked at how does God have me here to serve you and give my life away I think that's a way we echo God's faithfulness as he was faithful to give himself away to us. Yes. Like, because we want to be like Christ, don't we? Like, that's the whole goal of this thing. And so if you want to be like the good shepherd, you have to give your life away. And so a lot of times we think of faithfulness 
and you haven't described it this way, I don't think, to be clear, but we think about, I got to be faithful so that I can be better, and it's really about me, or I've got to be faithful at Panera so I can get a better job, and I got to do good in college so I can make more money, and it just kind of is all about me, and like, when I hear you say, like, I was faithful, and I helped this lady, and I was faithful, and, you know, and now here I am helping college students, and David was faithful to his sheep, and now he's liberating the whole nation from this oppression. It wasn't really about David, it was about how's he being used, you know? Mark Campbell talks about like being on the look for stories. Like I'm looking for stories of where God is moving. And I hear you kind of saying the same thing, like Mm -hmm. look out, like who does God have in your path for you to extend that faithfulness towards? And in being faithful in those moments, like you can have faith that Christ is with you. Christ is holding you. Mm, Man. I should just pass the offering plate. That was a good word, right? Come on, man. (laughs) Little preach off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry mm, come on i know where's you're the one, organ you're one of a few come people on. i can joke like this with and i appreciate our friendship and the way that um your faithfulness and your family's faithfulness towards me and some really tough times uh, man has been mm-hmm. life-giving i know you're extending that to our college students and people all around the church and in fact it was even like i think we have time let me look at our spectacular audio engineer and see if we have time for one more thing and he's like, okay, thumbs up. Yeah. Only one thumb though, not two thumbs. Um, but I remember when you were in Tulsa and you had been married and you were kind of working in these jobs and you were thinking to yourself, like, is it time for us to be done here or is it time for us to chase after God somewhere else? You know, and, and just the same faithfulness metric was, you know, coming up in your hearts. Like we don't want to be selfish. We don't want to be quitters. We don't want to be drifters, but we really want to go where God is leading. And so you guys were going to be on the road. Your wife's a nurse, as you mentioned, and she wanted to pursue travel nursing, different contracts in different towns. And what was it about that on the road experience where you were kind of giving up your career and what you were doing for the sake of Molly? Like, what was it that the Lord really spoke to you on the road kind of in those times? Man, well, you know, when I talk about, when I think about like just kind of my faithfulness, I just... I just remember thinking, um, Molly just kind of just sacrificed so much for me to uh, to for me to be able to do the things that I loved. She believed in me um, a lot of times. Like you know, she married a crazy artist, right? Um, <laughs> we know. just said dads don't think those people make money, and right, she married yeah. you. Yeah, 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 exactly. So. Um, so for me, it was like, you know, I want to support you. I don't know what that looks like for me. Um, and if I can be completely honest, I like I so risks risks in my life for me are like spare tires in a car. You know, I, you only have like one of them. Mm-hmm. And so I don't take a lot of a lot of risks. It's very hard uh, for me to take risks. Um, but after thinking and, and praying, I just you know, this is, this is going to be worthwhile for us. I don't know how, um, but I think it's beneficial for me to, as my wife has been, um, faithful and trusting God and just kind of supporting me and believing in me, it's time for me to do the same for her on the road. The road was difficult. Um, very uncertain, but in a lot of ways, When we when we ask ourselves when we when we would ask ourselves like there were days when we when we would get so frustrated and just say man this is too hard should we go back to Tulsa and some days we just like 
get on the computer, book a flight, and just go back. Ah, oh, we need a few days back, you know. <laughs> like if we're if we're honest, but but when we look at it, we actually said no. Like God is doing something. God is moving us somewhere. Yeah. We don't know what that is, but we know it's not back. Yeah. We know we just got to stay on the road, keep chucking along. Didn't we? Didn't know that it would end her up as um, a charge nurse at Stanford. Um, it didn't. Because how can you possibly know something yeah. like that in advance? Like yeah. you don't even know that that's a possibility. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, it, we didn't know that it would get me. Um, in front of some of the most influential and smart minds in on the planet, literally solving the world's problems through research, um, going into these tech companies. I didn't even know corporate fitness and wellness was a thing. In Tulsa, it's not a thing. It's not you a know, thing. It's not a thing. We got a lot going on in Tulsa, but not the corporate dance fitness. We got, that you... we got barbecue. Oh, we do. We I miss got it. Barbecue. Oh, man. Mm. Now I'm getting hungry. Spiritual. But in other words, you guys were put in a context to blossom that you couldn't have anticipated yeah. in advance. We didn't know that there was something out here for us. We just knew that we needed to stay faithful in some ways to the to the path, to the journey, to the process of whatever God was doing. Um, I never planned on working at a church. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Buzz. I know. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I always just thought, you know, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be here wherever, I, wherever it has. But I, but I didn't, but I didn't know that God was preparing some people's hearts for me, that God was going to give me a group of, a group of people that I am so burdened for and love so much. Like I didn't know that I was gonna have that that gift in my life. Yeah. Uh to pastor a group of college students. Um Because how can you possibly know that in advance? Like that's not on the seminary like handout. Here you can be a bivocational dance and fitness instructor and work at the church part time. Like yeah. it's a real unique situation that the Lord has prospered you into. And just look at your time at Panera, your time at the bank, your time on the road, your time at college. You know, we didn't even talk about your college experience. Really tough for you mm-hmm. to persevere in college. Man. And the way that the Lord has used that in your life to be faithful and now have gifted our own church community with your unique perspective. You know, Three Crosses has always been a church, I think, that loves dance and the arts and kind of outreach through the arts mm-hmm. and the way that your skills are helping us see what that looks like for an upcoming generation is super valuable we need people that understand what is it like in the working world and to teach us people up here on the hill in our ivory tower like what are people saying how can we reach them and your skills are super valuable for us and i don't know i appreciate like i said your friendship your ministry the way you understand what it means to connect christ to people man and so man i just i feel almost bad ending the podcast because i feel like we could go on man for hours you've got so much to teach us so much we can learn from you and so um, we'll end it today anyway. But if uh, if somebody, one last thing, if somebody wanted to say, like, I want to bless a college student, I want to support the college ministry, I want to pray for our college ministry, how would they best do that? Man. I know. This was not on our list of things this to talk about. So I have, put it, I have put you on the spot. But. No. Um, I think this isn't college unique. I think this is what I see in... And in, in people in 
in my classes at these companies um, as I'm walking through life. Everybody wants to be known, wants to belong. Um, nobody really listens anymore. Yeah. Um, and I just, my heart is that my students know that they're loved, um, that they're that they're valuable, and that the messages that 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 everybody is telling us about you don't belong, or you have to shape shift and become this thing that is other than who you are um, to belong. Um, I, I want I want my actions. And the actions of the people around them to show them that that that's not the case. God loves you. You're loved. You belong. Um, so if you're gonna pray anything, um, pray that my students know um, that they are loved by God. Um, if you know a college student, treat them out to lunch. That was so useful for me <laughs> when I was in college trying to struggle with ramen and um, peanut butter oatmeal. Um, just love transforms people. Knowing people, seeking to know them um, transforms them. And that's what I want for my students. That's what I want for for anybody that um, that we come in uh, in contact with. So. Um, pray that they know that they're loved and if you see one hey can I take you out to lunch that's right can I buy you a cup of coffee man bring me and Chris along too we could use it uh, <laughs> I love that you said nobody really listens anymore and I feel like kind of this as we've talked about this rhythm of faithfulness it's kind of picturing in my brain that distractibility is the enemy of faithfulness you know and mm. listening is a function of attention and time and, and presence and distraction kills listening. We want, if we want to raise more faithful young people, I think we need to be present and we need to be listening. I think that's a really good word, not just for college, but for all of us. So, Chris, thank you once again for this good word, for your faithfulness, as it demonstrates God's faithfulness to each of us. Be blessed, and thanks for sharing, man. Man, it was a pleasure. Do you remember how at the beginning of the podcast I promised you that Chris was the right voice to learn about faithfulness? I hope that you feel the same way after having listened. Every time I sit down with Chris, I just feel this love and care and grace, and that's because Chris is a passionate Christ follower. And when he tells me about leaning into what God has me to be and seeking a story that I can connect to and looking out for those people whose lives I can touch with God's faithfulness, I want to get out and do it. I want to encourage you to do the same. Sometimes those things are hard to do on our own, and so we want to encourage you to take a step into community here at Three Crosses Church. If you're a college student, head out to Praxis Sunday nights at 7 in the port. If you are not a college student, head into one of our other communities or find a home community that suits you. You can also reach out to us right here at the podcast by emailing us, podcast at threecrosses.org. Wherever you are, whatever your story, whatever your challenge, don't do it alone. Let us help you. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week. Thank you.